Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. You listen to much Lindsey Buckingham? Not that, not as much as I should. I just love his playing. Great player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Stein, how are you, sir? I am good, Dan. How are you? I'm good, man. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate it always. Thanks to all of you for being here and joining us. Steve and I are always amazed when anybody shows up to anything that we do. We're, <laughs> we're happy and excited to see you. Thank That's you for being great. here. <laughs> uh, today we are going to be doing another acoustic guitar workshop for you. We're going to be talking about uh, playing off the beat, a little bit of syncopation. Um, and today we're going to be studying a song called Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac. We're just going to show you um, this idea. If you want to learn how to do that, keep watching. If you want to learn how to play your acoustic guitar, take it to a complete new level, you can check out Steve's new course. It's called Acoustic Guitar by Steve Stein, available at guitarzoom.com. Calm. Take it away, my friend. All right. Well, this is a. I'm going to play the intro to this song, just the, cool. the little beginning. Um, I've always thought this was really cool. Like, oftentimes, because I grew up the way I did, playing the music that I did with rock stuff and things, everything was always strumming. And then if I did finger picking, it was always, you know, like a pattern or something. And I remember learning Rhiannon and thinking it was so cool how you have this bass line. Mm -hmm and that's all it is but then you've got this melody that's going on on top of it and sometimes the melody lines up with the notes that you're picking with your thumb but sometimes it doesn't so you got to be really careful you got to really concentrate when you play and learn how to play both on and off the beat so for instance what i'm doing here let me just break this down so I'm going to take just the A part. So I'm playing just the A, the note A, the fifth string there with my with my thumb, just constant. I'm going to slow it down a little bit, but And that's all you're going to do. Now, the other part that you're going to do is this. So what I'm doing there is I'm starting off with an A minor. I'm playing 1 and 2. Um, second string, third string, first fret, and second fret. And I'm just moving it up a whole step. And then I'm going to the fives. So that's the first thing I'm doing. And the rhythm would be... So if I think about my bass line, the first one I pick would be all together, but the next one happens in between the bass notes. So I have to pick this with this chord. This one happens in between, so I just pick these two, and then I go back to my thumb again. So it's not like it's together. You've got to get used to being able to play on the offbeat. So that's the hard part that's going to take a little while to get this. That's why I think it's just so much fun. So if we just break it down in little pieces, we have bum, 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 bum. 
and then we have so let's put those together so what they're going to sound like is this and ultimately what's happening is I'm playing all three of these together right here all three of these strings then I play this bass note and then this and then a bass note so the only time they're all together is on the very first one okay now I'm gonna work my way backwards and when I work my way backwards I'm gonna go to this three and four play them all together and then back here and play all those together so I have So in your head, it's, it's kind of like rubbing your stomach and tapping your head at the same time. <laughs> you have to get used to, I mean, it's going to feel very sort of robotic when you first start doing this because you're not really feeling the, the ostinato bass going on here. But after you do it for a little while, see you got to keep that going so it's a great little thing to practice if you're into finger picking and that sort of thing is not always you know we, we, we build patterns and we've talked about that before and we talk about it in the guitar course um, we've talked about it in, in one of the sessions that we did as well where this is entirely different because it's a pre-constructed idea right you're, you're you actually have to practice this you're not just improvising an idea you're and you just get used to doing that over and over and over. So there's a little more to this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there in case you have anything. Well, first of all, it's super cool to hear. And it is completely different than the other things we've talked about. This syncopated rhythm is uh, something that's kind of tricky, guys. But once you get it, it's kind of like um, riding a bike. You never really forget. And once you kind of get the groove of the syncopated, syncopated rhythms. Um, we're talking about Fleetwood Mac. We're talking about this tune, Rian, uh, Rhiannon. And I also wanted to mention a couple of resources we have for you guys. This um, session that we're doing for you right now, as you come in today, uh, if you're just joining us, we're doing the Fleetwood Mac, we're doing the Rhiannon, we're doing some finger picking, which is all about syncopated rhythms and kind of playing off the beat, if you will. All of these acoustic workshop videos will be available for you on the playlist on the YouTube channel. The playlist is called Acoustic Guitar Workshop, and it's available on the Steve Stein channel. The guitar course that all of the stuff comes from is Steve's new course. It's called Acoustic Guitar by Steve Stein, and it's available at guitarzoom.com. Go ahead, my friend. Okay, so you start with that, and, and again, you want to take this really slow, you know, sometimes almost painfully slow to try and get used to... Feeling that, like Dan was just saying, feeling it off the beat. Okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to keep going. So what we're going to do next here is I'm going to come from this A minor that I'm on right here, and I'm going to go open. And know that anytime you have something fast, bomb, bomb, right? If you think about it, my bass note is doing this. We think of these as quarter notes. So anytime my rhythm goes bomb, bomb, the second one is obviously going to be off the beat from where the bass note is, right? Bum, 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 bum. So if you sing in your head and even clap your hands, you can get a feel for what you're trying to do with your thumb and your other fingers. Dun, 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 right? 
So this is what we've got so far. Well, that is going to be off from the thumb, right? Because it's like eighth notes. So it's like the second eighth note that's going to be off from the thumb. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop down and play the other part of the A chord. I'm playing the third and fourth strings at the second fret. And again, it's on the offbeat. So if we think about it, bum, 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 bum. This, what I'm showing you right now, reminds me of when I used to, I used to play in a band that traveled around the tri-state, well, the upper Midwest, really. And um, we would, we all played and we all sang. We were a three-piece and everybody in the band sang. And some songs you'd sing are really, really easy with your guitar. But some songs you'd sing, like your guitar is doing something completely different than your voice is doing. And I would literally sit and I would just practice doing this over and over and over, trying to get used to feeling what my guitar and what my voice, how, how different they were. So it's okay for you, even though your, your kids or whatever might make fun of you, it's okay to clap your hands and say this out loud, right? Just Absolutely. Just think of it, you know, bum, 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 bum. And you can always slow it down, right? So as I'm going. And right there, I end with those two A's. Now I can teach the rest of this little intro, Dan, or if you think that's enough, but that's that's what we've got so far, is just, you've got to break each part down as you go. And what I remember doing with this is I would practice just, I would just add one each time. And then like, that was my, my safe space. When I get to that one, they all converge together. I would just keep practicing that. Well, the next one, they're, they're together as well. But then I'm going to leave again. And then it all goes topsy-turvy at that point. I don't say topsy-turvy near enough. That's going to be my <laughs> new word. You're going to hear it every, every lesson I do. <laughs> it's a great word. Yeah. But that's the beginning. That's the first part. Something just uh, leapt to my mind when you were playing that. Guys, um, I think one of the things that's really easy for us to do as musicians, guitar players, is to get overwhelmed by putting too many things together at once. And so what Steve and I always talk about is this, uh, when you're learning music or you're learning a new technique, or in this case, this finger-picking syncopated rhythm thing, don't try to do everything at once. Break it down. Remember back in the grade school, the lowest common factor or the lowest common denominator, right? Great. Yeah, was yeah. the greatest common factor, lowest common denominator. Like, how can you reduce this equation down into its simplest possible form? And music is very logical. It's very mathematical. Um, but it's also very emotional. And you have multiple layers that make up the sounds that go into your ear and your brain interprets, right? Not to get too weird. Uh, uh, um, on you but when what you're hearing is you're like oh that's a cool tune i want to learn it if you can train yourself instead of just trying to dive in and to get it all like at once there's 
two parts, and Steve may approach it differently, but for me, I always think there's two parts that I know I can separate. <clears throat> one is rhythm and one is the harmony. One is the chord, right? So if you can't play the rhythm yet, if you don't have it down, don't even try to play the chord. And we have a whole video, Steve did a whole video on strumming and scratching and, and completely eliminate chords uh, from the equation. But in this particular tune, don't get overwhelmed by trying to do the finger picking, the ostinato bass, the chord changes, the rhythm, the syncopations all at once. Break it down into a simplest possible form, which is what is the rhythm? Like what is the bass note doing? What is the melody rhythm? That's when Steve was clapping and, and talking. And then what are the actual chords? Learn the chords by themselves as slow as you possibly want. You know, take your time. You can take all day and just learn those chords. Don't even put them in any rhythm at all. Then learn the rhythm. Then try to put them together one step at a time. That's the way you learn music. I think far too many people just go, well, I can't play this because they're trying to do it all at once. Right. And I would add, I would add two things on top of that. Number one, it's human nature when you make a mistake to speed up because your, your stress level goes up because you keep making mistakes. So every student I've ever had on the entire planet, every time they, they keep making a mistake, everything keeps going faster and faster and faster and they don't realize it. It's just their, their heart rate goes up and they're getting tense and so everything speeds up. And the trick with all of this is, is you've got to take it as slow as your brain will accept the information that you're inputting into your head. If you try and go any faster than that, just because you want to get to the end of something or you want to accomplish something, it doesn't do any good. You just ultimately wind up spinning your wheels and wasting time. Mm -hmm. So one thing, again, I, 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 I suck at a million things. I can't go out and, you know, fix a tie rod on my car. I have no freaking idea how to do anything <laughs> like that. But what I can, what I can do is, is analyze guitar parts. It's what I've thought about 75 billion times in my life. And so I'm, I'm very good at being able to break down a concept and then build it back up, which is why I get asked to play on things or play with bands or whatever it might be is because I'm, I'm very efficient that way. And so the, the number one thing I learned was if there's something that doesn't, if I can't see it clearly in my head, and when I, when I say see it, like I literally can, can see my fingers. I'm looking off in, in the space right now, but I can see my fingers. Bum, 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 bum. I can visualize that. I can see this hand going gong, 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 dun, dun, dun. I might not physically be able to play it, but I can visualize it. If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step -step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. And if I keep the idea of having it slow, playing it slow in my head, the third thing is I have to know the song, right? No, I don't have to know the song. But the better I know the song, the better I can hear the song in my head, the more I can replicate what I want to do, right? So for me, when I'm learning songs, 
I will listen to the song over and over and over and over until I've built a, a picture of the song in my head mm-hmm. and all the little elements that go into the song. And it might take time. And here's the bottom line is the last step that I, I want to get to here is breaking things down into, as, da- as Dan said, breaking them into the smallest piece that you need to to make it make sense, right? The smallest piece might be, but that's too small, right? That's too small. One note is too small, but that's a piece, that's a legitimate small element that I have to restrain my thumb from wanting to, to, to pick, but yet allow the other two fingers to come into the guitar and, and pick. And then following that up with the thumb again, I have to feel that, and that's why I use the, the term topsy-turvy. I wanted to throw that in there again. Because um, <laughs> I can feel the, the, the juxtaposition of my hand wanting to pick these strings and then this, and then this, this uh, fifth string. Well, then all of a sudden I start dialing in the dynamic, which we talked about in another video too. Like, I don't want, like, I don't want that. I want to, I, I got to try and balance this out. Right? And then I just keep building, whether I'm seeing this, and I really am, I'm, I'm visualizing my hands, and I'm hearing the song, and I'm not restrained by a tempo. I don't feel obligated to have to play it at a certain speed or something like that to be a hero. I'm okay dropping that speed down because I understand that if I drop the speed down far enough, I'm going to make a connection. It's going to click together and then I can start building it back up. I love it. Yeah. Steve, guys, I want to, I'm going to make this point. I'm actually on music notes right now, musicnotes.com. And I am uh, looking at the sheet music for this particular song that we're talking about. And one of the things uh, I got a kid who's uh, he's 18 and he's trying to learn the Scriabin uh, etude on the piano right now. Right. It's really hard. And it was like a hundred and something measures. Anyway, I was talking to him and I was like, well, he's like, dad, do you think I can play this? I'm like, well, I don't know. Um, do you, it's really hard. You know, this Scriabin is not easy as if, if you're a pianist, but how many measures is it? I think it was like a hundred, hundred something measures. So the point I'm driving at is I said, well, do you think you can learn one measure a day? One measure a day and he was like yeah i think i do that anyway we figured out okay cool if it's 150 measures it takes you 150 days takes you a little over three months to learn this this piece and he's like okay i get it i can do that because he broke it down into like well who couldn't learn one measure a day i'm looking at this piece right now or this song it looks like to me it's four pages long it looks like it has one two three at basically about three measures per page one two three four stays about 12 measures so we're looking at about 48 maybe measures to learn this entire song. If you want to learn it note for note, 48 measures. So if you learned one measure a day, it would take you basically 48 days to learn this particular song. I think it's really easy for us to get overwhelmed with like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on here. But Steve, if you can, the point that Steve and I are trying to drive home to you guys is that break things down into the smallest possible chunk that you can and just focus on that and don't worry about like learn measures two, three, four, and five or learn the next little section as you go. And then something that seems overwhelming is suddenly very doable. Right. Well, and let me add this on top because if, if with Dan's logic, think about it this way, because then when it comes back to me, the first thing like, and again, this goes into a whole ear training thing, which is a whole nother 
discussion, but when I'm going to approach learning a song, the first thing I do is I start sussing out repetition. I, I listen to the song, I get a sense of what the song is doing, and then I suss out repetition and, and when this happens and when this happens and this is logical, but then something weird happens here and then it goes back to something logical again. And I, I start planning out in my head what I'm hearing on an organic level because I, I love to listen to music. So again, I, I don't know everything. I don't know how the song goes. I haven't even looked into the tune. I'm just orally figuring out, and I suppose visually to a certain degree because I'm always thinking about things as little Lego blocks. So with this song, if you think about it, there might be 48 measures or whatever, but really there's probably only 14 different things that are actually not repetition, right? Or if even that, right? Because if you think about it, it goes... And it does it again. She hasn't even started singing yet. So now Stevie Nicks comes in. I can't do her voice, but there you go. <laughs> and again, right? So we're already 20 some seconds, 30 seconds into the tune, and we haven't even changed anything yet. Yep. So that's another element to, to, to give you hope in learning these songs is that you're not just learning measure one you're learning a measure one or a measure two or a measure three or whatever combination that might be that's going to get repeated throughout the song. You know, there are those rare songs where they start and they go and they never return to anything. Like they, they make a forward motion and they never come back to anything that is memorable. The truth is music doesn't usually do that because we like repetition. That's why we That's listen right. to music. That's why we sing songs, right? Is we like that coming back around where we go, oh, I want to rock and roll, right? We, we like that element. And the, that's and right, the of music course. Under, yeah, that's right. And the music <clears throat> underneath does that just as much as the lyrics, the vocal parts up on top do. We just have to become aware of that. So anyway, that's super cool. Yeah. No, this is great, man. I'll throw this out there too. This is something I've, I've someone uh taught me years ago uh, i grew up in the classical world and, and it made a lot of sense then this may or may not resonate with you guys but um i used to have a whole set of colored pencils and so what i would do is i always learn stuff off of sheet music so um you know i would get the sheet music and i literally take red colored pencil blue colored pencil green whatever and i would take them and i would analyze the music and say, okay, you know, like that first old part that you were explaining there, to me, that would be like the blue section. And I would literally take my colored pencil and color it. And then the next little session, let's say a section we call green, I would literally color that. And then what would happen for me as I'm learning uh, is I would actually, when I got away from the sheet music and I was actually playing it, I could literally say in my head, there was a connection in my brain between green like this is the green section. Okay. And I immediately knew what that meant. This is the red section. And so as they're coming through, I'm kind of seeing these color patterns in addition to the kind of muscle memory that I'm building as well. And it helped me retain and, and remember and memorize things. If I could associate the color with it, with all the, also the sound, it's just one more element. Maybe that helps you. Maybe it doesn't, but there's lots of different little mind tricks that you can, you can use. But the, the big point is to recognize that these patterns are coming up over and over again. 
these mm-hmm. chord progressions happen over and over again. The rhythm doesn't necessarily change, you know, it's going to get that same kind of driving beat, especially with rock and roll and blues and right. pop music and stuff like that. Right. And that's one of the things about efficiency when learning songs is that you've got to become aware of, you know, I, I've always called them uh, red flags. You've got to be aware of the parts within the song that you're trying to learn that are clear. And by clear, I mean, you can look through the window and you can see outside perfectly clear, right? That's what, that's what I'm trying to do with a song in my head is I'm trying to visualize the song clearly. I'm moving from this to this, whatever those things are, a chord, a phrase, a measure, a sequence. I mean, it could be anything, but I'm moving from this to this. If there's any fuzziness, if there's cloudy, if that window is cloudy, I don't know it well enough. Something's going to break down. I have more chance of failure if I'm not clearly being able to see through this section and then anticipate. I always think of it like driving. It's, you know, you're driving your car and then you see a stop sign. So you're anticipating you're going to stop the vehicle. If you don't see that stop sign, you're going to go right through there and potentially wind up in an accident. That's exactly what music is to me, is I have to be able to see. I, I, I don't sit and see every song that I play laid out in front of me like, like little micro, you know, five-minute thing. I don't see that. I drive through the song. So as I'm going through the song, I can anticipate that stop sign or that yield sign or whatever it is coming. And then when it gets there, I know what to do, just like when I'm driving. If I get there and I don't know what to do, it's not clear. It's cloudy. And I need to, I, that's, this is how I think about it when I'm listening to a song and then when I start trying to assess the song. And then obviously when I get my fingers on the guitar and actually start practicing, then there's the technical aspect of playing. But that's how I've always thought about it. And for me, what I've always taught people is red flags. Red flags are little markers that you put in different various parts of the song that are giving you issue. They're the cloudy parts, so you put a little marker there. And you're learning the whole song, and everything's coming together, but that darn spot right there, or those two spots right there, those are your red flag spots that are going to need more time, more patience, more, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, to get those ready and prepared. Like, when you play on stage a lot, you don't have a lot of room to be making all kinds of mistakes. You can laugh about them, and they do happen once in a while, but... Uh, let's be honest, the less mistakes you wait, you make, the more gigs you get, right? So mm. that's what I do with the songs that I learn, if that kind of makes sense, kind of going on top of what Dan said with the color too. It's absolutely true. Thinking about those sections differently and uh, and then being aware that something's happening, a change is happening. Yeah. Uh, um, here's an idea for you. You know, Steve's talking about the red flags. And, uh, you know, when you go through a song and you're like, oh man, the solo is coming up, that's a red flag for me, or this tricky rhythm and this chord change or this whatever. Um, don't fall into, like, this is a super common mistake I see people make all the time, which is they learn how to play the song start to finish. So as, guess which part of the song you can play best? The beginning. <laughs> you know why? Because you played it a hundred times. And maybe you only played the last part of the song two times. Because every single time as they're learning a song, they start from the beginning and work through it. And then when they get to those red flag moments, they go off the rails. Instead of stopping and just focusing on that red flag, on that challenging part, and really locking it down, they just kind of like, it's like your stop sign analogy, Steve. You know, they just start at the beginning and then they just cruise right through the stop sign every time or they completely go off the, you know, have the have the wreck or whatever at the stop sign. So 
one thing I try to encourage people to do is that, you know, there's a time to play straight through the song. Great. But find, identify for you what those red flag, flag moments are in that song. And then when you sit down to practice, start with the hard parts. It takes a ton of discipline to do this, but start with the hard part and actually get it locked down. So when you get there, you can actually cruise straight through and, and you don't actually have a train wreck. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, at some point you want to remove those red flags. You can't keep them in your songs. So if you think about it like a Lego piece, that piece right there, you need to pull that off. You need to extract that Lego piece. And now you need to practice that Lego piece. And then what I, this is, again, I don't want to get long winded here, but what I've actually learned is you could practice that Lego piece, that one piece that needs work. You can practice and refine that. And that's really important. And you absolutely 1 million percent need to do that. But you also now need to practice connecting that Lego piece to the other two pieces that surround mm -hmm. Because it's not just this piece. It's mm -hmm. the connection of the pieces before and after it that you have to get comfortable for. So you might get really good at this piece and do it as fast as the song needs to be. That's great. But then what you need to do is place it back in there, slow down a little bit, and get used to coming from and going to the prior and the and the former or the prior and the, the future piece that are coming up. So now it becomes a seamless piece. Then you can go back to the beginning and start practicing. But th that's something that people forget is they'll practice that piece over and over and over and over. But what they won't do is practice the entrance and the exit of that piece to those other pieces. And so it's just really important to break those down. Dude, this has been fantastic. I like this whole clinic on how to learn songs. I hope you yeah. guys are, I hope good. you guys are getting this. Yeah. This good is good stuff. stuff um sorry man i don't derail you what else no, you got? i think that's good I th again yeah. i think the conversation the thought process for me is always more important than just a song or whatever yeah. I mean, the song is great but learn to think about things properly and that way you'll become far more efficient with your practice and your performance and your songwriting and everything else that you're doing yeah guys if you want to learn songs um a great place to start is playsongs.com. Steve's got a lot of tunes in there for you. I think a couple hundred songs now or something like that. Something crazy. Um, it's an annual membership and you get lots and lots of songs broken down. Uh, that's playsongs.com. If you want to check out Steve's course, it's called Acoustic Guitar by Steve Stein. It's available for you at guitarzoom.com. Lots of people already signed up for it. Lots of people already loving it. And um, Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe and you hit the old uh, notify button. Be notified of the next acoustic workshop. Don't forget the playlist is on the YouTube channel for you. We really appreciate you being here. We hope you got value from it. If you did, please like, share, and comment. And uh, check out the course if that's what you're into. Cool? Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for, for having me here, Dan, and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. My pleasure always, man. Talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Thank you for being here. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. Now, just so you know, what we're going to be doing today is I'm going to be showing you five and probably more tips that I think are really important to uh, guide you toward better guitar solos. Now, I've been teaching guitar for many, many, many years, and I've had many students worldwide. And I think one of the, my favorite subjects to talk about is soloing and getting people to kind of understand how some of us that have been playing a long time kind of perceive soloing. And, and it, oftentimes it's different than you think it is. And that's what I'm excited about tonight.
Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.